You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 76. Divorce, it does not define you. An interview with divorce and life coach, Ms. Tanya Carter. Let's go. motivating from the six this is a podcast that is intended to change your life it's intended to motivate you it's intended to inspire you it's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances no matter where you are in this world and demand change for the better i am your host jeff martin of jeffadmartin.com thank you so much for tuning in I have a brilliant, an amazing guest on today, an amazing episode. But before I get into that, I just want to thank you for all of you who have clicked play, for all of you who have subscribed, for all of you who have downloaded, for all of you who have left a star rating, a five-star rating review. I just want to thank you because I know that your time is valuable and there are a million and one things that you can be doing right now, but you have chosen to listen to this podcast. I pray that I bring some value to your life. And again, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is sponsored by Brothers from the Six, Sisters from the Six, Role Models in My Community Children's Book. This is a children's book created by me. It is a book that is intended to inspire our children. Oftentimes when our kids are asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? I hear basketball player, I hear football player, I hear rapper, I hear musician, and there's nothing wrong with those things if they have the skills and the ability, but I want our children to recognize that they can be doctors, they can be lawyers, they can be politicians, they can be change agents in this world, and there's no better time to start dreaming about some of these things than right now purchase your copy of Brothers from the Six, Sisters from the Six, Role Models in My Community. Purchase it right now on Amazon.ca and KnowledgeBookstore.com. Today's guest is Miss Tanya Carter. Miss Tanya Carter is a divorce and life coach. The reality is, is that when you talk about divorce, when you talk about marriage, they say that over 50% ends up in divorce. So as much as we want to ignore it, the truth is is that there's a lot of people out there who are walking around who have gone through some real difficult circumstances, particularly divorce. But I want you to know, and my guest, Ms. Tanya Carter, also wants you to know that there's so much more life ahead of you. Just because you've been through a divorce, just because you've been through that difficult time, understand that you can find yourself, you can recreate yourself, you can reinvent yourself and put yourself out there in this world and find some amazing things that you can accomplish with yourself, with your life, with your relationships. There's so much that you can do, but you have to find a way to get through the hump of that divorce. Oftentimes, people look down on themselves because they've gone through a divorce. They don't know who they are without that other person. But I'm here to tell you that you were someone before them, and you will definitely be somebody without them. You were able to get through this. Do yourself a favor. If you are someone who has gone through a divorce, who has gone through this type of circumstance, then you got to hit up Miss Tanya Carter. Find her on social media, Miss Tanya Speaks. And also, please go to her webpage, reinventyou.life. I'm going to put all her information in the show notes. You got to hit her up. If you've gone through a divorce and you're having trouble finding yourself, this woman is the one that's going to help to put you back on the map. You have to find it within yourself, but oftentimes we need that coach. We need that person who's going to help to push us, to propel us forward. Miss Tanya is the one to do it. I'm not going to hold you back anymore from this interview. Please welcome my special guest, Miss Tanya Carter. And welcome back to Motivating from the Six. Today we have an amazing guest. Miss Tanya Carter. Tanya, how are you doing today? Hey, Jeff. How you doing? I'm, I'm actually good. I'm good. How about you? I'm great. I'm absolutely great. And I'm so thankful that you were able to finally get on this podcast. We were kind of going back and forth with scheduling, but I'm so happy that we finally were able to make it happen. 
Yeah, I am too. I'm glad. I, I was actually very excited. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I always get excited when people reach out to me. I never take that for granted. Oh man, thank you for that. Well, I wanted to reach out to you and have you on this podcast because you speak about something very um, particular. And you are a speaker. It's, it, I believe you've been doing it for a while now, and I'll let you tell your story, but you really deal with or, or talk about the issue of divorce and getting through such a difficult situation that some people unfortunately have to go through. So if you can do me a favor, take me through your story how you ended up where you are today and why do you specialize in speaking about people getting through a divorce? Okay. Um, well, just kind of going back on my story. Um, I am divorced. I've been divorced for about eight years now. And, um, what I realized about being divorced was that it's more than just the legal side of things. And I didn't know that at first, you know, I thought that once I got the divorce, everything was just going to kind of fall in its place. And I realized that I was stuck in my story for a very long time, unknowingly, okay, unknowingly, because again, I put a ceiling and I put limits where it should have been no ceilings and limitless. And what ended up happening was um, my aha moment, you know, and I think it's that light bulb moment that we finally get. And sometimes it can be something tragic that happens in our lives that could give us the wake up call. And um, my father had a heart attack about three years ago and it woke me up. It woke me up about my own life um, because I realized that I really wasn't happy and it wasn't about me getting everything I want. It wasn't about me being a mom. It was about something within me that I knew was missing that I needed to go seek and find. And I never gave myself that permission because I thought, well, I'm divorced, I'm a single mom. I just got to do what I got to do. And that becomes our motto where we become so stuck in our story, where we don't give ourselves permission to live a thriving life. And I started going on this personal development journey and working myself from the inside out. And I realized that I needed to divorce my story. It wasn't about just being married anymore. Um, many times when, what I, what I focus on, I focus on people divorcing the story the mental, the emotional part of things. Um, you, you let go of the relationship from a legal standpoint, but a lot of that stuff we just bring with us. I found myself repeating a lot of things that I shouldn't be repeating anymore. And I realized that he wasn't the problem, if that made sense. You know, the divorce is only a portion of the problem. The rest of it is how you allow yourself to deal with it. And what I realized is that I didn't allow myself to do the inner work. And I had to just dive deep and start getting to the root of what was causing me to not divorce my story. And so I went through that. And then I realized that so many people suffer from the same thing. Um, and I didn't know that this was something I was going to do, Jeff. I'm going to be straight up with you. This wasn't my plan. Um, and I was very um, hesitant about talking about divorce because I didn't want to feel like that, that was what I was promoting. Like, sure. yeah, get a divorce. Like, that's not what I do. Sure. Um, I've actually had married people come to me and I'm like, well, why are you even thinking about getting a divorce? And when they tell me, I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. You guys need to try to work this thing out. I'm not that type of coach. But I am that coach that if you decide that this is what you are going to do and if you made that up in your mind, we need to divorce your story. And we need to, because we don't need to be talking about it 10 years from now and still living in it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I prayed about it I, for a while and I had signs show up in my life from people who was going through divorce. And I realized that this was what I needed to do. And this is what, this is what got me here. Just being obedient and doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I love it. You know, Tanya, what you said there makes so much sense. I've come across a lot of different people who have been through some type of trauma in their life. And the story they tell about what happened is what they stick to. And, you know, they, they, it almost becomes who they are. It defines who they are. However, just like you talked about, I think it's important for us to really separate ourselves from that circumstance and really look at it from almost like from outside eyes looking in and kind of see, you know, was there anywhere that, that I could have improved myself? Is there anywhere that 
that I can actually take that story and learn from the story as opposed to defining who I am. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're talking about there. Am I correct? Absolutely. Because here's the thing, you can't control what has happened. What's done is done. You know, now the question is, what are you going to do about it? Mm. And many people, you know, they feel like they have no control over their lives and they, because they've given so much power away. Like for me, and I'm going to give a prime example. I hear this all the time from women. I gave so much to the relationship. I gave so much to the relationship and I did too. And I thought because I did that my return was going to be exactly what I had in mind. Mm. And because that return didn't come back the way I expected it to, I believe that I took an L, but the L wasn't the loss. The L was the lesson. And -hmm. that's what we have to understand. There's a lesson and, but you have to extract the lesson and apply it to your life intentionally. It has to be intentional. It's not about you feeling like doing it because I promise you, you're not going to feel like digging deep because digging deep can be hurtful because you're going to have to admit some things that only you know about yourself that you know to be true. Mm. And that's what I had to do. I had to admit things about myself that I really didn't want to admit. I realized I didn't know my worth as a woman. I felt like I didn't at that moment because of what I was dealing with. And then when I got a divorce, I was dealing with some of the same things that I left my marriage for. And I'm like, okay, this isn't, it's not them. It's me now because I'm allowing it. And so now it's about me looking from the inside out and saying, why am I dealing with this? Why am I, you know, and again, it's not just about being married. This is about your life, your purpose, you know, knowing that there's so much more to life than just being married. And that's not to downplay marriage or anything, but we do live in a world where as women, we do feel like that's a, that's a thing you have to do in order, I guess, to, to, to live, to fulfill this level of womanhood. Well, if you're not married, something has to be wrong with you. If you don't have a man, something's wrong with you. I mean, why are you not married? I don't think everybody wants to be married. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's for everybody. It comes with a level of maturity. It comes with a level of being selfless. You can't just say, I want to be married. You got to dig deep and understand why you want to be married. It's more than just the the wedding, okay? The wedding is the pretty part. But then when you go through some hard things, everybody ain't got your back. And so that's why we have to dig deep on why we want to be married. But in the process of before you get married, allow yourself to embrace your inner self and your singleness. Mm -hmm. Find who you are and own it. I didn't own who I was because I didn't know who I was. And so I lost myself in my marriage because I thought that being a wife meant to give up everything to be this great wife. And so there was a part of me that felt very resentful because I gave up so much and I didn't think I got anything back in return, but a divorce. So, so everything comes in full circle because you're talking about at one point in your life after your marriage to help to heal yourself. You had to take an honest look at yourself in the mirror. And this is something that we should be doing all at all times, even before being married. So we can really recognize who we are, understand who we are prior to going to any type of relationship. And then as you talked about, if you do happen to be coming out of this relationship, you have to take that honest look at yourself again and be truly honest with yourself. If you can't be honest with yourself, who can you be honest with? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, the truth is hurtful at times because you know, I realized that when I was married, um, when I asked questions, I asked because I wanted to know what I already knew. I just wanted you to tell me the truth. Mm. And when I got the lies, it made me feel some type of way. Mm. And so what I realized was that I wasn't being honest with myself, too, about where I was, about me just being honest, saying, you know, what, I'm, I'm really hurt right now. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a very... Um, I'm a type A, and so I have a very strong personality. And some people mistake that as if what I went through didn't bother me. And so I felt the need to wear the mask. Okay. okay? I felt the need to wear the mask. I thought I couldn't, like, get to a point where I say, you know what? I'm not doing okay right now, and I need to deal with this. I didn't think I had that permission. I wasn't taught growing up how to deal with really some emotions. I was taught, like, hey lock and load, you'll be okay. Like it was, that was the pep talk. That was it. You'll be all right. You strong. And that was kind of it. So I left those emotions. I let them fester. Mm. Okay. And what ends up happening is that what people fail to realize is your body will respond to your emotions. Eventually it comes to a point where your body can't handle that form of stress. 
And so I started having depression, anxiety attacks. Um, I would wake up in the middle of the night and have them because it wasn't just the divorce. Um, when I got, when me and my ex decided to like say, this is done, I lost my job two weeks later in oh, wow. 08. And I'm like, okay, really? And then I lost from 08 to 2012. I lost five jobs. So there was a lot of stress with money, you know, balancing out, you know, motherhood. And then trying to wear this mask and acting like everything is okay. You on social media, you see the pictures of me smiling. So you think I'm quote unquote living my best life. None of that was going on. I mean, behind the scenes, it was real. And I, and again, at some point your body starts to reject all that stress and you start to feel it. And my body started literally breaking down. And my holistic doctor was like, you need to change your lifestyle. Wow. Because you're, you're extremely stressed. And it was a stressful situation. I mean, because it wasn't just that. It seemed like when it rained, it pours. You know, my, my, I didn't have a car for a long time. I, you know, bills kept piling on top of bills. Housework needed to be done. It was just like when it, it just, the storms was just hitting. And here I am, like, I got it. I'm good. You know, just trying to be that strong woman. Like, the, the cape, the S on the chest. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Like no one was designed or even built to handle everything. And so this is why it's important for people to to divorce their story because you need to be able to move on and live a healthy life. And now I'm in a better position. My kids are in a better position just because I gave myself permission to say, you know what, I need to deal with me right now. Mm. That makes sense. Absolutely. People go through tragic circumstances all the time and divorce is right up there with it. And you know, unfortunately, I know people who have been divorced and they've allowed it to um, put them in a place that they don't know how to move from. They don't know how to get up from. And so you're absolutely right. No matter what you're going through that might be difficult in your life, including divorce, it's important that you really look at yourself. Absolutely. Look at yourself and get the help. If you need the help, get the help. You need the help. You need someone to divorce you out of your story. Um, I did a webinar last week and that was one of my biggest things to, to everyone is to get help. Um, get you someone that's going to divorce you out of your story, get you someone. And a lot of the time it's not from people, you know, and it's just being honest. You know, I know our family and friends, they may mean well, I mean, they do. I think they come from a good place, but if you really want to thrive, and we're talking about thriving here, if you want to get to a point of thriving, you need to get with someone who's going to think about your life long term as opposed to the right now. Mm-hmm. Because when you're, when you're, when your emotions are um, all like not in a good place it, and you can really make some really not so good decisions. Mm-hmm. And the reason why sometimes you can't go to friends and family because you know, you hear, well, girl, just get you somebody else or, you know, and, and that's not the best advice you want to give somebody. Not if they're going through a divorce. That's the worst advice you want to give to somebody. Um, right. You, you want to make sure that the decisions that they're making today is going to produce and reap a good harvest later. You know, so you have to think long term when you are going through this divorce because you can easily make some really off the wall decisions. Right. So, so, so sometimes we should not take the advice of our friends uh, and family members. Sometimes we should not just go see our pastor <laughs> as much as well, we I love think, him. <laughs> I think, you know, and that comes from a spiritual thing of, you know, I, um, I knew for me that my divorce was over. My relationship was over. I didn't want to mend it anymore. Um, I knew that it was done and it wasn't an off the wall, off the wall decision. Actually, that was one of the most toughest decisions I ever had to make was to walk away from my marriage. Sure. It took a lot of years um, but we knew that it wasn't a good idea to stay together. It just wasn't healthy. We weren't ordained. And when you're not equally yoked, it doesn't matter if you made that covenant or not. You're not going to have a good relationship if you weren't equally yoked to begin with. And I think for me, the, it wasn't more of the title of being married. It was the commitment I made that bothered me to walk away from. Because I'm that person, if I stick to something, I believe in sticking in it. And what hurt me is knowing that I had to break that covenant. It was a very, very tough decision. It was not a, like some people, they may say, oh, let's just get a divorce. To me, I never wanted that to be an option in my home. However, there, at some point, I couldn't do it by myself anymore. 
And this isn't to make him seem like a bad person. It was just, we weren't meant to be together. And we said that, we actually said that before, like, you know what, we should, it, it was just not meant to be. And I still feel that way eight years later. Mm. I just hate what it comes with. It comes with a lot. Your children, they'd have to deal with that. And so you have to, it's a lot that comes with it. So I learned so much from this marriage and this life that I really don't even want people to get here. But when, if people do ever get here, we still need to get you out of the story for real. Cause so many people are so stuck in their story. It's 10 years and you're still stuck in your story and you're missing out. Do you think that people are getting married for the wrong reasons? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I promise you, um, um, there are a couple of reasons why I think many people just don't want to be alone. Um, and being married is a way to have someone. I think many people feel like if I'm not married, then who am I? Because we live in a world of titles. We attach ourselves to labels. And before you were anything, you came into this world as a single person, single male, single female. Everything else is an addition. And I'm not telling people to not go after the things that they desire, but don't do it because you feel like that's what you have to have. What I realized about um, being married is that it is a, it's, it's work, but I think that it's not as hard as many people claim it to be. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think that um, we make it difficult. I think marriage is what it is. People say, I would never get married. Marriage ain't the same. Marriage is exactly what it was a long time ago. It's mm-hmm. the people who come together that creates the marriage. So I ask people, I've actually had people ask me, well, Tanya, do you, what is the advice you would give people? And, and this is what I tell people. Do you want the wedding or do you want the marriage? Because they are two different things. They are. So you, you, you have that one day of, of you know, the dress. The, it's all about you, the makeup. The, it, that's pretty. But that journey, that's when you're going to have to really, like, put your tough skin on because things are going to happen and you have to be prepared for that. In order for you to do that, it's important to have a solid foundation. And what I realized is that many people are not, they have surface relationships, meaning that you can have fun with this person. You can go out. Everything is good when it's good. But what about these tough conversations that we don't sit here and have with the person that we're talking about spending the rest of our lives with? The signs that we see that we tend to ignore thinking that once we get married, it'll get better. It actually gets worse because now you feel obligated to deal with it. And so I, what, that was one of my biggest takeaways, you know, paying attention, you know, take, you know, allowing myself to use my discernment that I didn't use because I thought that once we got married, it would be different. And I know it's easy to say it's common sense, but it's not always common practice. And you're not an exception to the rule. Right. So if you see something and you know that it is a huge red flag, don't sit here and say, I don't want to argue. You may have to go and have a healthy argument because I'm telling you, it's going to cause problems later on when you get married. So don't ignore those things because the importance is to build a solid foundation because when those storms come, that's not the time to build a solid foundation. Your foundation should already be solid. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just, <laughs> uh, just this week, I, and I would say probably as usual, I came across um, just hearing about a couple celebrities on the news that are getting married after two months of dating. And, you know, I'm not here to judge how long it, it takes to date someone before you get married. But I heard somebody talk about that. If you think about it logically, we usually spend more time researching what type of car we want to buy before we buy it. Absolutely. We research how much uh, or what a cell phone costs or the, the, uh, all the, the, the great things that cell phone can, that cell phone can do before we buy it. But sometimes with relationships, we're just so quick to jump in and, you know, I love her. She's good for me. Um, You know, um, without really diving into what this person's about, what they do every day, like having those honest conversations about when you get upset, like what is your outlet? When you, um, you like to stay late at work, do you like a lot of different things that we could talk about and we don't often talk about, we jump right into marriage and then later on, we discover these things. And again, we spend so much time looking into that car before we buy it, right? Right, yep, absolutely. Um, and I tell women this all the time, like we'll, we'll spend a whole day trying to find that perfect outfit. We right. will like literally like 
I'm talking about looking for that house. I mean, we, we go over and beyond for those things that I would say aren't as important as a relationship. I think the most important, one of the most important decisions is the person who you choose to spend the rest of your life with if you decide to stay in a relationship. Um, and I think it, it, and I'm not, I know for a fact it starts with you. So when you get to know who you are, unapologetically, no matter what the society says about you, no matter what people think you should go after, when you really allow yourself to be completely, truly transparent with who you are and allow yourself to be that person, you will know the type of person you need in your life and you won't negotiate on that. And it took for me to do that. And it's not for everybody to get. That's the thing. Sometimes we do things to seek approval and validation and we got to cut that out. You know, you, you got to be true to yourself because you'll really put yourself in a bad position to be in a relationship that was never meant for you to be in. Wow. That, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I learned about it. I learned a lot from this situation. And I, I, I'm telling you that the stories I get, the, the messages on Instagram I get from people. I mean, it doesn't matter if you do all you can. I hear that all the time, too. I did everything. But it means nothing to the wrong person. And you doing all you can where it takes away from who you are is not a good thing either. Mm-hmm. You know, you should never have to give up your whole self to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Marriage should be two whole people coming together, not two halves. Right. Okay? And wholeness means as a single person, you need to develop wholeness within you first. That means uniqueness. Singleness does not mean a disease. So we have to change our mindset on what singleness means. That's a time of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And what I realized that I didn't give myself permission to embrace it. I am, and I had to learn how to embrace my singleness. I'm going to be honest. I love it. I really love it. I do. I think it's a beautiful thing. And there's a part of me that desires a relationship, but that has to happen in its own time. But until that happens, I am living my life and I'm not waiting to get married to do so, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you yeah. still believe in the, the unity of marriage? Do you still believe in the sanction of marriage? I do. I, you know what? Honestly, I do. My parents, um, they've been married. It'll be 47 years in December. Wow. So I had a foundation, you know, growing up. So marriage was a big deal, you know, and, um, you know, my father really is very strong about marriage and staying together. And I think, and I know for a fact that was a part, there was a part of me that had a really hard time getting a divorce because of my upbringing. Um, You know, just having that. And I'm like, I don't know what divorce is. Like we didn't have that. Uh, Where, where my former spouse, he grew up, his parents weren't married. And that doesn't mean that, you know, oh my God, he's, he's no good to be a husband. But what it does mean is that, you know, and it, that's a study where it says that kids who come from a divorce home are easily likely to get a divorce or have problems in their relationships. And so I asked myself, like, why is that? And I think a lot of it is how we heal as adults. So I don't want my children to think that because their parents didn't work, that automatically their relationships aren't going to work. Right. And so it's important for us to heal because we need to have these conversations with our kids and give them the most healthiest advice. When you're in an unhealthy place, chances are you're not going to give your kids the best healthy relationship advice. And I'm not talking about just being married. I'm talking about just healthy relationships in general. And so I teach my children like to build meaningful relationships. You know, we, we have these conversations because it's important. I don't want my kids to think that they, it wouldn't be any, any success for them. So this is why I tell people, why healing is important. It's not just about you moving on with someone else. It's a lot more deeper than that. As a mom, the best thing you can give your kids is being emotionally healthy. Mm. If they see their mom being emotionally unhealthy, then it's going to backfire on them. This doesn't discount the father. The father needs to be emotionally healthy too. But what I realize is that you can't control what they do. And that's what I try to get you. You gotta let that go and let him figure himself out. He's a grown man meaning that you have to lead by example. And so being emotionally healthy is allowing yourself to divorce your story. Mm-hmm. What do you think couples need? So you have a couple who's going into, <clears throat> excuse me, they're about to pursue the whole union of marriage. What do you think a couple needs before they actually go forward in marriage? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I am a believer and I think you need God to be in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the reason being is because, you know, when I, when I read the Bible and I, I read what it says, and if I'm following it, um, you know, when, you know, it's, it's that thing of saying, okay, if he's going to lead, he has to love Christ like he loves the church. And that's important because I think we feel like temptation is not going to happen. All that stuff is still there, but you have to know where you are in your spiritual life. And I think that's important. I think the next thing you need, um, you need healthy people of the same sex to give you good advice. So for guys, you need to be around other men who values their marriage. You know what I'm saying? And that's important. Why? Because if you're around guys who who are cheating on their wives or not respecting their wives or, or loving their wives the way she should be loved, you know, it can easily rub off on you. You know, that whole birds of a feather flock together is real. Ladies, get you around some women who are going to make you better. Because you can be around women who are easily bitter, um, who may not really give you the best advice, and you'll find yourself bringing that into your relationship. You need healthy couple relationships. You need to have that. You, you need it. Um, you need to maintenance your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not once I get married, whatever. No. You got to tune that thing up like you do a car. You got to tune it up like you do, you know, you just got to fix it up. Like you got to have, and you have to have those meetings. Like it's not about, we got to, and and that's up to you and the person on how often you should meet just to kind of see where you are. Have those conversations. Don't get upset because this person is telling you, you know, take it in, listen. Don't just listen to get, to respond back listen to really understand as opposed to be understood. So when we stop thinking about ourselves and that's when it comes to being selfless and being selfless is knowing that you are whole individually. See, when you're whole individually, you're not going in for them to make you happy. You are already good. You are already in a good place. Mm -hmm. So if both people do that, both of them want to make each other happy. If that makes sense, we want to come in with a selfless thing. So if you're telling me how you feel without, and that's just us having a conversation, not when our emotions are high, just when we're sitting down and you're telling me how you feel, I have to take that. I have to be able to respect what you're saying. And we have to come to some form of a resolution. We have to understand that there's a thing of compromise and sacrifice. There are two different things. There's some things you got to just stop doing. It's not working for your relationship. And then there are things you have to compromise on. I really do believe in that. And so there are a couple of things you have to go in, but my first thing, God has to be in our relationship. And if it's not, there's nothing that I can do for that relationship for me. And I I can't speak for everyone else, but I'm speaking for myself and I had to be, and I had, my order was out of whack. You know, at first I was like, well, you know, he believe in God It's cool. But then when I started building my relationship, a more intimate relationship with God, I realized that he has to be number one in my life in all areas, not when I feel like it. And so I had to rearrange my order of operation. And so when I did that, that is the first thing. Mm. Yeah, because we have to pray together. We, we have to do these things. It's not a it's not an option for me. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Just saying, you know, I don't put my beliefs on anybody, but I'm not going to downplay my beliefs for anybody either. Amen. I love that. I absolutely love that. So you just touched on something I love to expand on. How do we know our relationships are actually doing well? So again, I use the analogy of the car. When you have a car, when that, excuse me, when that engine light comes on, you know something's wrong with that car. When that light comes on, that shows you the gas is low, you know it's time to get gas. Right. But marriage does not come with any type of manual. Does it come with any type of script? And every marriage and relationship is different. How do we know that we're actually doing well? Because I've come across people who thought things were going well, and they weren't. And they turned around, they woke up one morning, and their spouse was just not happy, and things were going downhill. And they're like, what did I miss here? So how do we know our relationships are actually going well? Well, first, we got to understand that You can't just say, okay, when people say I woke up and it just happened, nothing just happens, meaning that this happened over a period of time. And one day they just allowed themselves to explode. And I think for us as individuals, we have to allow ourselves to have these tough conversations. So when something bothers you, 
And again, this goes into picking your battles because everything you everything is in a situation. But something that is a um, a big deal, a, a huge deal, you gotta address it. And don't wait to three years to say something. When you see the problem, handle it then. Don't handle it when you're mad. Okay, <laughs> that's definitely a no no. Because I know me, if I'm mad, you know, back back in back in the day when I was married. I didn't have a filter, you know what I'm saying? And that wasn't, I had to learn that that wasn't healthy either. Mm -hmm. So you got to know who you are. You got to know your triggers. The best person you need to know is yourself and you have to know how you function. I know me when I'm upset, that's not the time to really talk. I need to like, just kind of like take a walk. I need to like kind of calm down. And then I need to address the conversation because I want to respect you. I can't, you know, a man has to have respect. And that's something that I learned. He got to have it. And if you go in there barking like a pit bull, you're not going to really get nothing out of him. However, that doesn't mean, well, I just want to keep the peace. So, but you're not keeping peace by not saying anything. Right. Okay. You're not. You, 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 you're, you're actually making it very unpeaceful for somebody. And what I realized for, for, for any of us is that it, we have to have these conversations. There are some times where you may have to bring somebody in the middle of your relationship and be that mediator, whether it be a pastor, a, a counselor, a marriage coach, you know, someone who can really give you, you know, be that mediator and bring some form of clarity into the situation. You have to have a perspective. Okay. Meaning that if you're only looking at it from your lens, you will never allow yourself to see it from their point of view. Right. So it's important to understand than to be understood. I had to learn that because I had this mindset of what I thought it should be, not understanding that some people, they may have a different point of view. It's not a right or wrong. It's about, let me understand where you're coming from so we can get some clarity on this thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and again, we, we got to stop acting like, well, because, you know, we're married, we both got good jobs, our kids are healthy, life is good. You're very blessed. However, there's a marriage that comes before um, everything else, if that makes sense. So you, you, you have a marriage that needs to be your first priority. You have to have an order because if you don't have an order, things are going to get out of order. So when you're always going out with your friends, you're not doing date nights, you are making your kids so much of the priority that you forget about your marriage. That's a problem. You have to date. You have to come together. I mean, if you don't have the money to go out, who cares? Get a movie, whatever. Play some spades. I don't know. But you have to be able to have that form of connection. You got to be able to understand why did we get married in the first place? What got us here? Don't stop doing what got you there. Keep doing it. Maintenance your relationship. You have to maintenance it. I promise you, if you think that just because you got married and that is the end all, you may still be married, but you won't have a thriving marriage. And you have to grow. If there are, I know there are marriage conferences out there. I actually have a friend, shout out to Quest Green. He's a marriage coach. And he does like these events to bring and talk about these relationships. And he has a podcast and he talks about them. So you have to tune in and listen to those things, reading books on relationships. You know, all these, it's a lot of resources out there, but you can't just think what got you in the marriage is what's going to keep it. You got to do that and you got to keep adding value. Both people have to add value. Absolutely. I love that. And you know what? Shout out to Quest Green. I do listen to his podcast and he has some real valuable information. Quest, well. is, Quest is amazing. He's actually been on one of my calls um, because I, I really um, respect him as a, a, a man and, you know, he's a great husband and just a great friend. And so him and I, we, um, we worked together. He's gotten on my calls and just gave some really good advice to women about just knowing your core values and knowing your standards. And, you know, I, I follow him. I watch him. We talk on the phone every now and then. We see each other because we're both a part of Eric Thomas community. So we have a, deep, a good relationship. So, you know, for those who really want to know, like, check out his podcast. I mean, he's, he's amazing. So, yeah. The podcast, I think it's called Marriage Ain't for Suckers. Yes. Um, yeah, that's the name of his podcast. So, you know, he gives really good advice. Amazing, amazing. And so you just touched on it a little bit, but I really want to ask this question for those people who might be going through a bit of a lull. What are some of the ways they can actually reconnect? So you talked about the fact that 
when you get married, everything is is bright and shiny and, and brand new and beautiful. And then time goes on, and like everything, uh, it, it starts to dull out a little bit. Um, and we really have to put our, our marriage first in front of the things that are going on in life. What are some of the ways that people can reconnect? For those people who are listening now that are looking for those reconnection, reconnecting um, methods that they can use, what are some of the things that you might suggest? I think the first thing you need to do is do what you have to do, if that makes sense. Like sometimes we feed off what other people do to determine how we move. And again, if you are married, you have to bring a form of not, you have to be selfless. So let's just say if, if you and your spouse got some form of a disconnection, you know, cause life happens, you know, and it may not be something that she means to do. It's just her mind is kind of like all over the place. And, and I think that that's when you um, come in and, and, and just, just, just do those things that you know that she loved to do. I don't, it, it could be the smallest things, leaving her a note to say, I love you. It may be something that you haven't done in a while that maybe she needs. Um, scheduling a date night, you know, where she doesn't have to worry about the kids and all this thing. Clean up the house. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. The things that I love, clean my house. Like, wash the dishes. That's the thing that makes me happy. Like, I know everybody's different, but that puts a smile on my face to know that when I come home, that is one less thing I got to worry about. Um, you know, because I know some people say, go away and get take a vacation. That's great. But if you come home to the exact same thing, then it just goes right back into how it was. So you want to do something that brings a sense of consistency that you can do absolutely daily. So this person knows that you're not just doing this to get something out of, you just want to add value to this person. And when this person sees that you're consistent, I promise you, chances are they're going to jump on the bandwagon. Mm. They're going to automatically do it. If they, if they're in it because they love you and they see like, Oh wow, this person is just, doing some amazing things. Cause sometimes we take people for granted. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with a lady at my job and she was talking about how her, her husband, you know, he cooks and you know, he does all the things that she doesn't have to worry about doing even when she gets home. And I said, I really hope you're telling him thank you. And she said, you know what? I don't think I, I haven't done that in a while. I said, tell him that because they need to know that they're appreciated and right. that goes a long way. So don't take that for granted. I said, because girl, I got to go home and figure out what I got to cook. And sometimes people, <laughs> you know, because I mean, sometimes we think we're missing out or we think we don't, we don't appreciate what we have because sometimes we think what we have isn't enough. And I have to sometimes bring people to reality, you know, um, about having two parents in the home. Whereas for me, it's me and my children and my kids, they go see their dad in the summer. And everyone says, oh, you're lucky. And I'm like, eh, I wouldn't call it lucky. I would just say that I'm grateful that they're going because that's, you know, that we live in two different states. And so they don't go as often. So I'm here with them all the time. That's, I was like, but you have someone every day that helps you with them every day. I said, I would trade that any day if you really want to be honest. And it's like, I didn't think about it like that. I said, well, you're thinking about one big lump sum of them leaving. I'm thinking about, well, that's six weeks and I'm grateful, but you know, if I could have it every day, yeah. that would be much better. Yeah. yeah. So I think we just have to get back to what we have and appreciate what we have instead of thinking about what we don't have, you know, writing down, what do you like about your spouse? Sometimes we're so caught up in what they don't do. We don't look at what they do and just also let them know, I appreciate you you know, for the things that you do and, and then show appreciation and, 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 and just go back into what the, what did they like to do? Like, what did we used to do that we love to do that we haven't done in a long time and just get back to that. Sometimes it's just about getting back to the basics. It's not really doing like a whole bunch of stuff that costs a whole lot of money. Sometimes it's just your presence and the fact that you care means a lot to, to most, to most people. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I often think about the fact that people have an exit plan. People say to themselves, you know, if my spouse was to cheat, I'm gone. If my spouse was to do this, I'm out of here. This is what I'm going to do. We have an exit plan, but most of us don't have a keep them plan. We don't, right. uh, we, we're not thinking about what do I need to do before it gets to that point? What is it that right. I do at this point in time to maintain what I have, to improve what I have? But you know what? If my spouse, my spouse cheats, I'm out of here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gone. You know, uh, we always think the worst of, of things. We, we already we already prepare. Yes. <laughs> divorce like divorce shouldn't even be an option in your home. If being married, if, if staying married is the goal. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that's something that should not even be taken. That shouldn't even be something you even say. That should be a cuss word. <laughs> You're absolutely <laughs> right. That's how we should look at it. Divorce should be a cuss word. It should be a cuss word. And, you know, and, and so I think that once you decide to not make that an option, it no longer even is a thought in your head. The goal is to say, okay, what can I do to make sure that we have a, a good relationship? And you're going to go through your stumbling blocks. Um, I believe in that. My parents said that they did all the time, um, but they they didn't walk away from each other. That wasn't an option for them. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So earlier you talked about the calls that you do. What is it that you're up to? Where can people find you? What is the stuff that you're involved with? So um, I do have an online group called Reinvent You, which is um, a, a, it's a group that we, we have calls every week. And we're touching on different things on to build a better you um, because life can get you down. Um, you know, being a single mother or going through a divorce or just feeling like you're not enough. Like I think a lot of the time we really have a, a struggle with allowing ourselves to use what we've been given because we may feel like we don't have enough and just learning how to, to, to work on ourselves from the inside out. And, and that's what I tell people. This is an inside out thing. So you could get on the calls. You get on every call I have. But if you don't allow yourself to come and show up and do the work, you might not see as much fruit bearing in your life like you want to. So we do these calls every week. We have a Facebook group. We have um, private chat. Um, and, and, and that's what and I bring on special guests to talk about different subjects, to touch on different subjects, because my goal is to I, I want. I want to see a woman be her best self in all areas of her life um, financially. Like emotions is like the core of your well-being. Um, and when your emotions aren't healthy, probably there are things around you that aren't. You can make some bad financial decisions. You can make some bad relationship decisions just because you're going off your emotions, your current ones. And they may not be the most accurate ones. And so we're trying to find ways to deal with these emotions and learn how to deal with them in a healthy way so we can be whole and so we can thrive in these other areas. Um, finding your purpose, discovering what your, your God-given talent is, you know, knowing that you really have a purpose and it's time for you to fulfill that purpose, you know, having that boldness and courage to do what it is you were really ordained and called to do. Um, I also have a 12-week divorce program mm. that I have because you, it needs to be intentional. And so that divorce program just kind of goes through, you know, renewing vows to yourself again, um, you know, and, and going through those different things, going through the different emotional stages of grief, because divorce is like a death. And that's what it's very equivalent to. Um, death is actually the number one stressor in the world. Divorce is number two. That's how serious divorce is. Wow. And it is. It's, I was like, wow. And um, many people are very torn by it. And ain't just women either. It's men too. Mm -hmm. I don't think for once that I don't think men aren't hurt. And I've actually had men inbox me and reach out to me because of the stuff I posted. And, and they are hurting. It's not just women. I just target women, but there are men who are hurting too. And it's important for us to, to divorce the story with intention. And so I created that program in order to do so. And that's a program where you work with me weekly. Um, I give you homework. I hold you accountable. Like I tell people, I'm not a cheerleader. I'm just not designed that way. I'm a coach. I'm going to keep it real with you. Um, you need that. You need that accountability. And you need someone to really like give you that tough love. Because it may not be what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. So I have that too at DivorceYourStory.com. So those are the things that I'm working on now. And, um, you know, as far as like those two different things, of course, amongst other things to just, you know, speaking and putting myself out there to talk about this manner in a healthy way. People just don't talk about it. It's very taboo. It is. It's an extreme taboo topic. And I don't know why 50% of marriages end in divorce mm -hmm. and it gets higher. And I'm saying to myself, why is it higher? It should actually be lower if you really learn from the situation. But many people go off emotions. They run and get married and it just kind of go back into the same cycle. And so we got to break that cycle because a lot of people get affected by your choices. 
It's not just you. You know, people get affected by this stuff. So that's what I... That's what I got going on right now. You know, I can be a little aggressive, but it's okay. <laughs> You're passionate about what you do. That's what I'm it's passionate. About. I'm extremely passionate. Um, when I get into it, I'm into it. It just something just takes over me. I and I don't know. It just comes, but I love it. I, I don't. I don't love when people go through it, but I love to see people get through it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I like to see people like get out of this thing and really saying, "Man, you've helped me." When people inbox me and say, I needed that for today, it makes me say thank you that I'm doing this because, you know, sometimes the motivator needs motivating. And you you sometimes wonder, like, am I really doing the right thing? But people need it. They they so do. Is your Facebook group and your calls exclusively for women and exclusively for divorcees? Well, my my divorce story dot com is of course for people who are going through a divorce but reinvent you it does target you know it's like that maintenance that you still need after the program if that makes sense because you want to stay connected the best thing you can do is get with community and i tell people that all the time like many of us think we got to move physically from our environments no you just got to mentally move away from it so you need to be around people that are like-minded you can't grow in the same environment you can't do the same things and think you're going to grow. you got to learn how to subtract in order to add. And so that's why I created the community. So you can talk to other people in different areas of life, different walks of life, in different states. When you connect, I promise you, you'll be surprised how much you realize doing it on your own was a waste of time. Mm. No woman or man is an island. And until we understand that we cannot do everything by ourselves, we're going to always be held behind. When you get connected with people, that's how you grow. Because people are going to let you see things in a different perspective. People can turn you on to something that you've been trying to do for years, all just with a connection. Mm, When I got connected, that's when my life changed. Mm. I got connected three years ago. And when I got connected, my life changed. I stopped trying to be this island. And that's what it's to teach women. Stop trying to be this island thinking because you're, you're single or you're a single mom that you got to do everything on your own. And the men as well, you need community. You, yeah. you, you can't walk this earth alone. That's not how we were built. We weren't built to carry the weight of the world. So allow yourself to humble yourself to receive help. And so the, the group is to target. It is for women only. Um, thinking about working with men, not from a weekly standpoint, but just maybe a divorce program standpoint. I'm just trying to make sure that it's right. I've had men reach out to me. I've, you know, I've said a couple of things to guys. I realized that they do hurt and men wear a lot of masks. Um, they're probably more than women do. Um, we're actually more okay to express our emotions than men. Um, and I think it's just because of how men were created. Like you're a man. It was a part of, I think being a man is to mask everything. And I think that once we, they learn as well how to know that that is a sign of strength and not weakness, mm-hmm. then they can show up and be their best selves. Vulnerability is the most courageous thing you can ever bring to yourself is allowing yourself to be vulnerable and admitting That's where nice. you are. It is. And I think, being a woman myself and then being a, a, a black woman, we're, we're supposed to be this strong, independent black. I'm tired of it. It's the wrong message. It makes us tired. It makes us weary. It makes us actually dislike each other too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I'm over it. And so I realized that it never worked for me and I don't think it works for too many. <laughs> I haven't seen where, where you're just your best self being that way. Mm. And I know it takes a lot of courage I know it's a thing of not wanting to feel judged, but you got to understand that no one is in any position to judge anybody. And so when you get to a point where you can say, you know what, I want to build, I want to be better. That's a start. But joining and being with a community, that's going to get you where you need to go. And you wanting to do the work and putting the effort is going to take you there. Absolutely. You got to be around like-minded people. And I continuously say that if you want to be a millionaire, you got to hang out with millionaires. So based on that, if you want to help to get through your, your divorce and be whole again, then you got to be around people who are going through the same thing so they can help you along your journey. Right. And this isn't about being divorced and staying. This is about you thriving. I want to, I want you, if you want another relationship, I want that for you. Yes. Like this is what it's about. This isn't about 
a bunch of bitter women getting together dogging out men. Like I, I tell women all the time, this ain't a bashing zone. Like if you hit a bash somebody, this isn't the place for you. I actually had someone who was on my call. He was a guy and um, he was talking about confidence because we, you know, sometimes we just don't think men suffer from these things and they just do. We do. And we he, do. Yeah, they do. And he was like, I didn't know what to expect from your, um, <laughs> from your call. I thought you was going to, I was like, nah, I'm not that type of woman. I think that um, that's a waste of time. We want to bring healthy information and we want to understand men. It's not thinking like them and acting like them. It's about more so of understanding them. So mm-hmm. we can like be like, okay, I get it. You know, doesn't mean it's right. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to like tell you like, look, we need to fix this. We need to work on this, but it is to at least gain some understanding to see where you are. Mm, mm, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Since we're talking about relationships, I feel compelled to just shout out my wife. I love you, Nash. I just got to say this for the podcast because it's just important. We're talking about relationships here and maintaining relationships. So yeah. I just got to shout out my wife. Oh, that's great. And I know you guys just had a baby not too long ago too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Little man is doing well. We got two other boys as well. So three boys all together. And um, yeah, I just appreciate her and my wife so much because she's just really holding things down while sometimes I'm at work and, and getting things done outside and just trying to get the hustle on. Uh, right. family so i just appreciate her and, that's good. and everything that's that she's bringing so i just got to say that it's got to say I know that. that's right you better honey <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you it's not an easy job but that's it good. isn't it really isn't yeah so i got a couple more questions but before sure. i do that i just gotta quickly say thank you so much for what you're doing thank you so much for filling that void we just talked about the fact that uh, people don't want to talk about divorces there's a stigma when you're not married but when you get to the other side, and like you said, 50% plus of, of divorces that are happening, people don't want to talk about that. So it's important that we have these conversations. So I just want to say thank you so much for filling that void, for being that voice, for allowing people to come to you and be that shoulder that they can cry on and, and help them stand back up after going through that difficult circumstance. Yeah, because you got to rebuild. It's a lot of, re- it's, it's some rebuilding for, for, for some people. Um, I know some women, um, you know, they feel like they don't have anything. And you talking about building from the ground up, mm-hmm. it requires a lot of um, courage and work. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. Because you want to be your best self before you go back into any other relationship. You don't want to bring that baggage and that those issues with you. You want to be able to be who you are, truly are, before you right. step in back into any other relationship, I imagine. Right. And you definitely want, you don't want to be desperate. You don't want to get into a thing of desperation because when you're desperate, it can lead you to do almost anything that probably goes completely against what you believe in. But you feel like you you're stuck between a rock and a hard place where you just got to say, I got to do what I got to do. And then it becomes becomes your norm. And then, you know, you you find yourself right back to where you were, if not worse. And and that's not what you want. You, You want to really learn from this experience. And, um, and and grow from it, and, and that's and that's what we're there to do, and, and and learn who you are. You know, many women suffer from identity; they don't know who they are because they gave everything to. They they feel like this was all I knew, so who am I without them? Mm-hmm. So you are already a, someone. Yeah. We just gotta find that person again, and that comes with some inner work and some and a lot and nothing but the truth. Okay, yes. nothing but the truth. And when I was honest with myself, when I realized that I was giving up everything for my kids, um, my, my, me being married, there was a part of me that was angry because of that. Mm-hmm. I was angry at myself for doing something that I never really wanted to do. So you gotta bring, you gotta bring yourself to the relationship. You, you have to. Mm-hmm. And I believe that anybody who wants to be with you wouldn't, wouldn't even want you not to. Right. They want you to bring it. Like to me, I want you to bring your best self. I want whatever that, that, that thing that's bringing you joy. I need for you to do it mm-hmm. because that means that you, you know, because again, there's a part of you that, cause I know sometimes when we get married, we just feel like, Oh man, I'm, I know you are one, but you still are individuals. Yes, you are. And I think that's important to still know that there's still a part of you that you need to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And it's important that I make that that I I want you to do that. 
And I want you to do the same. I want you to respect what I do. And sometimes we go in giving up everything. I got to stop doing everything. I, I can't go to school. I can't. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't agree to that. And then that's when you have to, you know, and I think sometimes when we give up so much, we think we're going to get so much in return. It's that investment, it's that return on investment that we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. There's so much more that you just talked about there that I can really dig into. And I'm going to definitely have you back on so we can touch, about, touch on some of those things uh, and get a little bit more in depth. But I'm going to ask you my last question, my Oprah question. <laughs> because I got it from Oprah. <laughs> okay. I love Oprah too. I, I love her. Absolutely. Oprah is amazing. So Tanya, what is it that you know for sure? What do you know for sure? Hmm. What I know for sure is that we all have a purpose in life to fulfill. And it's up to us to go on that journey and find it. It's, a, it's up to us to go on that discovery and realize that there is a reason why we're here. And in order to do that, we have to give ourselves permission to do it. Um, honestly, I think I know for a fact that when I found out what my purpose was, my life was worth living. And don't get me wrong. I love my children. I do. I love my kids. But there was a, a, there was a void that they couldn't even fulfill. And sometimes, you know, that's a, Tough thing for many people to admit, especially mothers, because we're taught to think that everything is about our children. Well, we give up everything about ourselves to be mothers. And that's what I did because I thought that was the noble thing to do. But I also realized it was a part of me that was dying that only I could fulfill. And it had nothing to do with my kids. Like there is a life you can you can do both. And so when you, for sure, I know whatever that is, you have a purpose. Now, some women were born to be mothers. I think be the best mother you can be, okay? I don't discount it to save my life. Be the best mother you can be. And don't feel like that's not enough because I promise you children need that. But I knew for me that there was more that I needed to bring and there was more that I had to give. And I just gave myself the permission to do it. Mm. didn't care what anyone thought I had to get to a point where I had to do what was best for me because it made me a better person it made me more joyful it brought joy in my life I wasn't joyful and it's the difference between being just quote-unquote happy because mm. you know happiness can sometimes just go off your emotions but I'm joyful because some days are tougher than others but I'm still joyful because I love what I do and I love to help people um, discover their purposes and divorce their story. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. So you, you pretty much did what I'm about to ask you to do, but to close out the show, I want you to speak to your ideal audience. There's someone out there who needs to renew their vow to themselves. They're sitting in front of you. They've never met you. And right now they're sitting in brokenness. I want to give you about one minute to speak to that individual right now and help them to understand how to renew their vows to themselves. Go ahead. Hmm. Wow, that's a, that's a big question. Um, most definitely, um, when, it, when it came to myself personally, I realized the vows that I took in my marriage to love and honor, to cherish. I had to take those same vows and do that to myself. I had to love and honor myself. I had to cherish myself. I had to pour into myself first so I can be my best self to everybody. And so what I want to say to that person who's hurt right now is that, you know, this is not the end, okay? You are the author of your book, all right? And that's what we have to look and understand that every one of us, we're already writing our book of our lives. So you got to ask yourself what chapter you're in. And what are you going to do intentionally to get out of that chapter and create a new chapter? Because where you are right now is where you're supposed to be, even if it is in a dark place, even if, even if it is in a place where you feel lonely and you feel like nobody understands. This is a time for self-discovery. This is a time for you to really know how strong you are. This is a time to know, you know, how can you get and discover your breakthrough? 
but you have to have an expiration date. It has to end because before you know it, it'll be the book of your life. So if you wanna be in control, allow yourself to be the author, allow yourself to go through this chapter and then recreate a new chapter of reinventing and rediscovering yourself. And so that's what I would say to that person because many of us are so stuck in this chapter of divorce. And divorce has an expiration date. It's not who you are, it's what you've been through. So it's important to understand the difference. Many of us define ourselves by life. I'm divorced. You're just a person who's been through the experience. Now you've been through the experience. Let's, let's, let's divorce this experience. Let's get the breakthroughs out of it. Let's start implementing this in our lives and let's create a new chapter. You have to pick up the pen and only you can do that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Tanya. And I'll see y'all at the top of next episode. Peace.